The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of entombed vocalist L.G. Petroff. Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a fistful episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 647, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listener, already, I, I swear I haven't had that much to drink yet. Dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go there today, subscribe, because not only will you not run out of coffee, you'll get not one, but two great bands every month, handpicked by Mr. Coffee Bean Occulta himself. This is the hottest, blackest, most metal coffee out there. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com, made by metalheads for metalheads. Snowman, what's going on? Well, I need a big, big big-ass cup of true Cavalt coffee just to kind of get me going through the rest of today and going on into the weekend here. Because I tell you right now, as we sit down and press record, I got another reminder, okay, that I'm not 20 anymore. (laughs) Okay, okay, because last night... I sat down, me and my buddy Jack, okay, we sat down with uh, my co-hosts at Wrestling Night in Canada. We hammered out our latest episode there, and I had a couple bevies and all that. Then I had to get up this morning to hit the record shop before going to work and putting in a full day, and now I'm sitting here and doing this and i remember i remember those glory days you know when you're like 17 18 and you go you piss it up all night or you go to a show you get in the pit you stumble home 
late and then the next morning you know you're waiting outside the record shop for the clerk to open you know because you're young and dumb and full of cum that way or you're going to work <laughs> hungover <laughs> yeah yeah. You know. yeah and you're still able to do that now i'm kind of finding out that uh, i don't know i don't know if i'm going to be able to do this all weekend as i've already as i'm already off and running but i'm going to try so to pick up the slack for us we have enlisted some help today for this special episode aaron i would like to introduce you to my new good buddy mr aaron price aaron price this is my co-host aaron this is gonna be so weird How's it going, Aaron? <laughs> I'm sure this won't be confusing in the slightest. No, not at all. <laughs> right on, right on. And like we said, um, we are foregoing, we're going to get into the who's, the what's, the why's, the where's, exactly who our guest is tonight. We got a lot uh, to discuss to get us there. Um, how about we drop the first track of four? True Cavalt Coffee, our mandatory metal segment. And while I was kind of searching for a tune, I came across a band with a okay, like they were kind of like a uh, a sort of, sort of a doomish type band you know it's kind of a sound like we've heard before with bands like castle and stuff like that and it's it it it's always a good time but the name really caught my attention okay you remember the expression as cold as a witch's tit um I, no ever, ever, i've heard cold as a well digger's ass um <laughs> When hell freezes, I don't think I've ever heard as cold as a, as a witch's tit. You've never heard anything like that? Well, I discovered witch tit. <laughs> I feel like there's a horrible joke in here somewhere. <laughs> Actually not. There's not a joke. There's there's Wicked Tunes, their new record, Intoxicating Lethargy. Great stuff, great stuff for our mandatory metal segment. This is witch tit with Crimson Tide.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. So before we get into our metal fix, as we said on the top of the hop, we have a special guest joining us now. We are really excited once again to introduce all of our listeners to Aaron Price. Hello, my friend. Um, How about maybe giving a little bit of information, who you are, what you do, your mother's maiden name, whatever you feel. Last four digits of your social security number. (laughs) It's kind of whatever whatever you think uh, our listeners will kind of need to know to get to know you. Well, that's a nice long list. Um, I've written for smaller publications like Metal Temple and Rage Read Magazine. I've written for uh, Metal Injection doing the weekly column um, Extreme with the Extreme. Most recently... I've definitely been focused on my own site, Five Magic Music, along with the published magazine, Fistful of Metal, where I've done interviews with Skeletor Remains and Tribulation. I've also done uh, full reviews of the Tribulation album alongside Therion, Epica, so on and so forth. And on top of that, I'm writing a book currently uh, based on all of the music from Ronnie James Dio. Mm. And I'm starting a podcast dedicated to talking about the entire discography from various bands, including, well, who do I have right now? Machine Head, Cryptopsy, Mayhem, and who knows who else will come up before even the first episode's released. Rock on. Right on, right on, right on. Well, in that department, I'm certainly going to throw my not my name into the hat to, to, to help you out with all that. I'm sure we could sit down and come up with some artists, and maybe we can uh, twist Aaron's arm as well to joining us as well for, for, for an episode. I'm sure we could come up with something really cool. I have to admit, um, I was totally oblivious to... Uh, to the Fistful of Metal magazine until you actually told me about it on Facebook. And I actually, I, I got a pretty good grasp, you know, on the metal, on the metal rags going back to like the, the early eighties with metal forces magazine and Krang and even certain mainstream music magazines before that, the cream, the circus, the hit parader and, and all that. So when you, when you told me about Fistful, I was like, why don't I know about this? So maybe give us a little whys and wherefores as to the Fistful of Metal magazine. Well, Fistful of Metal is a brand new magazine. It's made by the same people who made uh, Viva La Rock. It's definitely mm-hmm. more based on the UK, but it is a worldwide magazine. We're only on the second issue. So the first issue was focused majorly around the i believe 40th anniversary of ace of spades i could be mm-hmm. wrong um well yeah 80 and then yeah. t- 2020 would have been 40 years yeah wow yep, yeah because that one would have come out in october i want to say man mm-hmm. my my dates are bad <laughs> um so right now it's it's every it's every three months so we've only just released the second issue which is focused around 
man, my it's folks around Black Sabbath, whatever Black Sabbath anniversary is going on right now. I don't know. I didn't write about it. So I'm not, it's, <laughs> it's not on me to remember what Black Sabbath anniversary it was. But I did a nice big piece in the most recent one about Tribulation and their newest album. Uh, fuck me. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> and I think and I, and it was, was it yeah, One Gloom Becomes Sound? I'm one not gloom. sure. It's something along those lines. When Gloom Becomes Sound, mm-hmm. um, I just I discussed with their bassist and vocalist Johannes about the departure of Jonathan, who was a key songwriter. We talked about the beginning of the band and where the band has gone, and how it will continue post the pandemic. Okay, right on, right on. Yeah, I am familiar with the sister magazine of uh, Fistful uh, Down for Life. I have yeah. a couple of those, the hard, the hardcore magazine. And hailing from Winnipeg here, and, you know, it's got to be shipped all the way across the pond. Those magazines, you know, from, from England and all that, they can get pretty pricey. Like we're talking up to almost twenty dollars after after taxes and all that, so I'm I kind of have to be kind of choosy about which one of those. But they've always been like like Metal Forces has always been more expensive, you know, than Hit Parader was years ago. That's just the nature of the beast. Oh yeah, and I like uh, trust me, being uh, originally based in the Toronto area, I know how expensive it gets trying to buy Metal Hammer and Zero Tolerance out Mm -hmm. of the center. (laughs) Um, Now, I I will say, for my own profit, let's say that uh, if you subscribe to Fistful of Metal through the Fistful of Metal Big Cartel, it is much cheaper, especially on shipping to get it delivered straight to your door instead of having to go and find it. Um, I'm thinking I might have to do that because the pandemic has just kind of kicked Canada's, Canada's ass when it comes to getting like the publications onto the shelves and all that to the point where I had to back order a whole bunch of decibel magazines and I've had to put in a subscription to it now and I'm still waiting on my second issue of that of that subscription and it's like every day Mrs. Snowy runs to the mailbox to see if my new decibel is <laughs> is in and all that and it's just ah it's getting frustrating so like I I love going to the newsstand like it's it's always been a part of my life because I've always read magazines me too man music yeah, so, uh, uh, but I'm thinking I might have to just, you know what, I'll take Aaron's advice and hit up the big cartel and get the subscription. Cool stuff, cool stuff. How did you get on with Fistful? Uh, honestly, it was just a sponsored post on uh, Facebook. They're, the pamphlet keep kept coming up saying hey, we have a new magazine coming. Here's what we're focused on. All I did was send an email along with a, uh, a couple of reviews I've done in the past. And they brought me on and offered me a feature post with Skeletal Remains on the first issue. Right on, right on. Great bunch of guys. We've had them on the show. We'll have them on again. Right on, right on. When did you uh, discover heavy music? 
Oh, heavy music, man. Yeah, like that's well because yes, it's radioactive metal, but we cover all subgenres of metal, and we hardcore punk and even some hard rock here and there as well. So we, I just like to use the term heavy music. When did you become <laughs> a, a an aggressive music fan, shall we say? Well, if you were to go right back, um, my my parents were always a fan of hard rock and glam metal uh my first gig ever was acdc in 2009 at the rogers center in toronto ah, rock on quickly after that everything kind of went downhill with me learning about skeleton witch and dying fetus and three inches of blood and cannibal corpse probably around 2011 let's say Okay, and then and I went and saw Dying Fetus and the Faceless at the Opera House, and it just became a uh, an adrenaline fix to find the heaviest, darkest, most brutal music I could find. Right on, right on, right on. So I'm I'm starting to think that Aaron and I are probably closer to your parents' age. How old, like we're we're both fifty now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see, sixty-four. Oh, okay. Year, right. So, yeah, take that as you will. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I'm used to like when I'm out in the scene and all that. I don't know how many times I've gone to a show and I just look around and it's like, holy shit! I'm the oldest one here by at least fifteen years. You know, like holy gee, <laughs> if not more, depending. I'm only 26. I'm yeah. starting to feel like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, wait, wait another 26 years. <laughs> trust me, trust me. Yeah, but uh, there. The thing about that though is when you're hanging, you know, with with they're all kids to me. Even you know, with all my good friends and and all that. Like they all they all have 800 stories for you all the time. What were the 80s like, dude? You know, <laughs> you know what? What did you do there? You saw Judas Priest back then, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> all that. You kind of, you kind of take up the patriarchal role in the scene and all that. So it's it's something that we we embrace. Called dinosaur, right? <laughs> heard that? I've heard that expression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. We're so stoked that you have joined us tonight, and in the future, my friend, like there'll always be a seat open for you whenever you want to join us. How about we jump right into everything with uh, with your metal fix? What you've been listening to lately? Oh man, that's a whole long list. We've got Cerberus. Now, note the fact that it's bear and not burr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine imagine Cerberus, the dog, but it's a three-headed bear instead. <laughs> Dude, it's a local band out of Kitchener. I was going to say, um, that feels very Scottish. <laughs> no, it's out, it's out of Ontario. It feels very Scottish. Three, three-headed bear? That three-headed sounds like... bear, huh? Sounds, sounds, sounds like it could be in Disney's Brave. 
Yeah, no, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, to be fair, I've never seen Brave, but I played the video game, and the last boss is a bear, so that's, that's, right. the, best, close enough. that's the best yeah. connection I have. It's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> so you got them. They're kind of hardcore, got a bit of a death thrash mixed with uh, Cancer Bats vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess more recently today, all the decapitated albums got added to Spotify, so I got to jam Nihility again. Oh man, Spheres of Madness is such a good song. But I guess above all else, uh, working with my new podcast where we discuss full discographies of bands, I've been listening to a lot of Cryptopsy. Right on. <laughs> Obviously, being up here in Canada today, we know that band quite well, and we've had Cryptopsy on before. And right on, right on. And I'm glad you're getting the uh, opportunity to work with them as well. Great, great bunch of people, for sure. Look, I'm looking forward to this new podcast as well. Do you have like, like, a, like a name for it that you want to share or anything, or are you just let's get something down first before we? Right now, the spitballing name is Deep Dive Discography. Oh, now, oh that's I, what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love the alliteration. I love the I love the three Ds, and chances are that's how it'll stay. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, all I can say is uh, stick tuned to the Five Magics Music Facebook page because that's pretty much where I'll be posting all the updates about it. Right on, right on. Excellent, excellent. Is there anything else that you've been listening to lately? Well, we got a new Hell Slave today. Oh. Uh, new Fist Divinity today. But yeah, I think between between this uh, Cryptopsy and going through their entire discography, which is pretty long, surprisingly, mm-hmm. and uh, a bit of Machine Head to prep for another episode that's that's pretty much taken up my life <laughs> <laughs> right on you're you're a good kind of busy like yeah that, exactly that's, that's the type of busy i like i like you know i'm going going from shows and then talking about them and then getting ready for another interview and it's like ah, oh, you just after a week you're just running on fumes and then i can sit and then i sit down and do this exactly it's that's, that's kind of busy. People, people wonder why we drink. So that's why True Cavalt Coffee is sponsoring guys, because we need it. Because we're definitely busy guys. Thank you. What about you, dude? What's going on down down south? Oh man. So this is another one of those weeks where I feel like I I haven't done much. Um, I I will say this though. So last week we talked about the HM two, mm-hmm. and. Um, more news, the HM2 is slated for a summer release, so I'm hoping June rather than August. But um, yeah, so they're, they're shooting for a summer release. There is a custom switch on it. Because remember last week we were talking about, you know, people were complaining that, oh, it just looks the same. Well, they put it on the back so you can't see the switch for changing modes. So there, there's going to be, you know, two different modes, the classic mode and the, and the um, new custom mode. And street price is looking about 200 bucks, which for the mm-hmm. Wazacraft, I think that's probably about right. So, you know, I'm going to start putting money aside now because I'm, I'm definitely getting one. 
Like I know I am. Like I just I I've it's my favorite favorite distortion because it was my first distortion. So I'll be mm-hmm. getting one of those. Um, I got my Godzilla tickets today. Ooh, Ooh okay, like for the the film. Yes, or? for Godzilla oh, versus right Kong. On. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I want to take my son to see it in a the theater. Mm-hmm. We ended up. I I did what we were talking about, where we could rent a theater, because I still don't know how I feel about being in a theater with other people yet. Right. Um. It, it just you know, there's some some environments. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm okay with that. But just sitting in, in that tiny little theater for that long, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll just rent the theater, and then we'll see. Like, if a couple of his friends from school or something want to go, because we can have up to mm-hmm. twenty people. So, so I got that. He doesn't know yet, so that'll be a surprise for him later. And then, oh, it's a hell of a surprise. I, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to tell him. I'm I, I'm really excited. <laughs> Um, because did I tell you that he, that he's been doing like stop motion movies on his iPad? Oh no, right on. Yeah. Like, um, I, cause I was trying to get both kids to start doing creative things. Right. Cause you, you know, like kids get the technology and they watch videos or whatever else. And, you know, you see them all the time with the headphones on out at dinner and the kids, you know, the parents have a video in front of them and I never want my kids to do that. Like, they use them for the, for homeschooling well, when they have to go like virtual right now in this crazy world. And so I'm like, no, no, like, 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 look, you can do your art here. You can create movies. And so he's been making his own Godzilla versus Kong movies. Right yeah. It was stop motion. It's been pretty cool. And we actually watched the 19, was it the 1932 or 33 King Kong, the original. So you mm-hmm. can kind of get a vibe for how that went and stuff. Yeah. So, so that's been the bulk of it, other than listening to a lot of it entombed today to prepare for tonight's <laughs> uh, episode. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, we kind of had to bone up on our entombed for all the worst reasons. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, okay, when you're... Okay, it sounds like at home you've got a future Ray Harryhausen already at work. I hope so, with man. All this. Yeah. I, yeah, like it's, yeah. He's really tough on himself. Like, if he doesn't get it right the first time, and I keep trying to tell him, like, it's okay to suck. Have like, fun, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah, yes. that's, what, that's what I keep trying to tell him. Like, like, just as long as you're enjoying it, that's all that matters. You know, I'm like, listen to the stuff that I record. Like, because I've been laying down bass tracks for um, D. Gregorio, actually, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I'm like, dude, are you paying any attention that I record the same song five times in a span of an evening? Like, it's okay. Like, you're going to make mistakes. It's okay for it to suck. You got to work out ideas, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's got to be bad before it gets good. For sure. Life lessons. Life lessons. Exactly, man. So what's going on with you, Snowman? Well, my metal fix and Aaron, like, be be prepared because we we're not afraid of the geek talk on here, as you just found out with our Godzilla talk. And I'm <laughs> I'm a big fan of pro wrestling, and I'm a horror film fanatic as well. And we both love Star Wars and just in science fiction and fantasy and superheroes and all that. So I don't know where you stand with all of that, but some people kind of have to be patient with us sometimes. <laughs> so, oh, so. the video games, and I, I'm all for you. Uh, okay, good. So you're a brother in that department. Okay, sounds good. 
Sounds good for for my metal fix. Okay, well, first of all, um, remember I was recommending getting the Tubi uh, channel. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How like have you had an opportunity to grab that yet? So I have the like, channel, but I can't remember what we were talking about watching. Like it's just been those that kind of week. Oh, if you just when you go to the Tubi channel yeah. and other up uh, uh, other Aaron, you know what the Tubi channel is. I do. Oh, okay, okay. Because I didn't know you being across the pond and all that. I didn't know how like how, how long you've been there and if this was a thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> because uh, don't worry. I remember Crave and everything. Okay, good, good. Then you've kind of got a grip on this. Um, when we got our smart TV or our Roku or whatever it is, I don't know. Mrs. Snowy bought this TV that's got all sorts of wicked stuff on it, and I discovered the Tubi channel. If you just go to the search or the category section and then go to um, the music and musicals, there are so many great, you know, DVDs, music DVDs and documentaries that are streaming and like concerts and episodes of classic albums and all that. Like you, you could get lost. You could spend, you know, a, more than a weekend just just catching up. On all of the really cool stuff. Well, the thing that one of the things that really caught my attention, hailing from Winnipeg, okay, and I di- I didn't even know this show went on, and I'm kind of surprised that I wasn't even there. But I think it was either the show was recorded in 2011 and then released a couple of years later. But Randy Bachman's every song tells a story. Okay, it was a live performance, a stripped down live performance of Randy Bachman himself. He of Guess Who and BTO fame and all that. And he basically introed all of these classic songs with the story of how the song came about. Some of these stories I already knew, you know, just from music folklore over the years. But a lot I kind of didn't, so I was I was absolutely captivated because not only these are great classic rock songs, but you know every song does indeed tell a story. That's awesome. So that was absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to recommend that for you guys when you get a chance, and as well, like like I said, I think it was not MTV. What was that other? american music channel oh vh1 right vh1 i don't know why i don't know why that left my head because i guess it's just been a hell of a long time since like is that still on the air in the u.s man i don't know i i it's been so long since i have even tried to watch mtv like like or any of the music channels like the last time that i watched mtv was because teen wolf was on it Right. You know, and it's so funny. Like, I hadn't watched it in years, and it literally seemed like it was stuck in a time warp. I'm like, this doesn't look any different than I remember. You know? Right, right, right. Well, VH1 had a wicked show on, and much more music up here used to air used to air reruns of the classic albums show where it was basically yeah yeah where it was an hour-long episode focusing on one record right after i was done the randy bachman special 
I slapped on uh, the Deep Purple's Machine Head in the classic albums show and all that. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Like I said, yeah, again, every song tells a story. And of course, Smoke on the Water, <laughs> okay, the story behind that song is, you know, is rock and roll folklore and all that. And for some reason, over the years, like that story just doesn't get old and then every once in a while like you meet someone new a younger a younger fella or whatever that not too familiar with that and you share what that song is about and the story behind it and then that person is like he they take it and it's just just, it's just going to keep going down throughout the generations you're familiar with the song smoke on the water aaron absolutely um, right, right. I mean, I mean, just like the Greeks and the Romans and the Norse, that song has essentially became a rock and metal mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, let's see. When I'm at work, really, all I have, okay, and I've said this many times on the show, is all all I have is just old-fashioned radio on an old-fashioned ghetto blaster, really, basically. But and and that's fine because I listen to a lot of classic rock and all that, which I'm into, obviously. But I discovered Wednesday afternoons now. One of the local university stations, UMFM, smack dab in the middle of Wednesday afternoon is a is a program I just discovered called the Hardline, where it's basically really cool hardcore bands and music and it's just like it's just it's so much heavier so much faster and more aggressive than anything that you find you know just on regular boring radio and all that so that's definitely you know a nice port in the storm in the middle of the week unfortunately just a couple days ago as the show's about to come on power in the whole building goes out Ah. like you gotta be Kidding oh, me. dude. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, so I'm I'm doing nothing but cursing and swearing and chucking shit around and all that because, you know, I'm being deprived of some righteous tunes, you know, while I'm stuck in this hell. <laughs> you know, and what halfway through the show, it comes on, power comes back on, I turn the radio back on, and it's like, ah, oh, that's better. Uh, that's better because if I would have missed... You know, Canada's own hardcore band, Mortality Rate, which uh, I love that band. We've had them on the show. We'll have them on again. Uh, if I would have missed them just on regular radio, like on an old-fashioned ghetto blaster and all that, I just, that, my day would have been ruined. That's it. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, earlier today, speaking about the radio, and this is this kind of is kicking my weekend off right. Because as... My workday was winding down, and you know, one one of the stations has, you know, this is the drive home song, you know, which at five o'clock they play hopefully a half decent tune. Miss DJ gets into the fact that it to today, as we speak, is one Steve Harris's birthday. Oh, okay, the man is 64 years young today. Well. Well, wow. that's all you have to do is say that. Yeah, all you have to do is say that. So instantly, it's sorry, sorry, 
Steve Harris, massive West Ham fan as well. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. Like I I saw his birthday today on Instagram and I was thinking, I'm like, you know, the last band that I remember turning 60 was the Rolling Stones. Yeah. About 50 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other story. (laughs) But I mean, like you think of that and like, I remember like the Beach Boys turning 60 and you know, all these milestones and, you know, like even the guys in Kiss, but it's like to think of Maiden as 64 and still playing what they play, you know, and putting on the show they put on is like, I, you really have to think like, okay, when's, when's that train going to pull into the station? You know, how long can they keep this up? I mean, I, I hope it's for like easily another decade, but just mm-hmm. like, like how long is this, this train going to keep rolling, man? As long as, as long, it, it's probably going to be, it's just like Lemmy. Okay. Like as long as there's breath in Steve Harris's body, like I guess Maiden will always be a thing, which, you know, horns crossed, horns crossed. It's still a very long time. Well, I started my weekend right off when they, when they cranked the trooper at work and like when a really good song comes on the radio at work like everything ceases stop like you know because it's i don't always get that i lose you guys no i'm still here keep going okay (laughs) okay sorry (laughs) sorry sorry considering we're being connected across the pond on the skype tonight and all that i'm getting a little nervous the whole connection (laughs) <laughs> and all of that, yeah, yeah. Um, as I said, I hit the record shops earlier today. Grabbed some cool record, more records, more on the on the classic rock side. Um, Aaron, you might remember the Headpins being I a good Canadian not. boy at one time. Oh, okay. the other, the other. Okay, Garnets. yeah, okay. We we have yeah. to we, we we have to come up with something here. <laughs> I told if you. If it counts, I remember them either. I mean, oh, okay. I'm the American Aaron, so I'd be triple A. You know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, A A American. I got the three A's Amer- there. You know. There you go. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. You're gonna be trip. You're gonna be triple A today. That works. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right on. Right on. No, Headpins were a really cool hard rock band in their heyday was the early 80s. Great stuff. Well, okay. By, you know, Aaron, by just by reputation and all that and being a Canadian boy, you would have heard of April Wine. Yep. I've seen April Wine. I actually saw them for free at the uh the cne in toronto one night out of just i happen to be in toronto that's awesome right on right on well um i grabbed a these are all on vinyl i grabbed a vinyl copy of the classic nature of the beast album do you remember the cover to that album where they had i guess it was miles goodwin on the cover and he had the lion's head over it's this really cool picture, okay, and it looks very metal. And of course, April Wine is not always very metal, shall we say? And it's just—it's the type of picture and photograph that it's—it's it's kind of misleading, okay. And I was talking to my buddy Jace 
um, at the record shop about it, and he was reminiscing about it when he saw it as a kid. And when I when I first saw it, like you know the the Molly Hatchet albums and the Meatloaf albums, like the Bad Out of Hell's, like those covers look like something out of Man of War or something. Scream metal. Oh yeah. <laughs> They do well, yeah, yeah. April Wine's Nature of the Beast does that, and you will both remember Slade. Oh, dude, I love Slade. Oh, for sure, for sure. One of my all time favorite songs was 1984's Run Run Away. I was gonna say the same thing, like, <laughs> okay, because in the U.S., that was such a hard song to get. Because, like, I can't remember what UK album it was on. But, like, here, it, it was on one of those, like, KTEL collections, right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. but then I finally found, it was an album called Keep Your Hands Off My Power Supply. So that's what mm-hmm. it was in the U.S. And I'm pretty sure I have that on vinyl and CD at this point. Um, yeah, I'm 90% sure I have it on vinyl. But, dude, I, I love that record. And like, dude, like Run Run Away is just a killer, killer song. Killer song. It still is after all these years. Yeah, I had it on a seven inch single way back in the day. And finally, as of this morning, I finally got Keep Your Hands Off My Power Supply on vinyl. Dude, I love that record. That, yeah. that, whole, that record is magic start to finish. Right on, right on. Yeah, I'm going to be cranking it this weekend. Okay, you're you're. Are you up on your Slade? Aaron, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm I may be a bit too metal for Slade. I don't think I know a single song from them. Well, you would know the, <laughs> their Quiet Riot covers. Come on, feel the noise, and Mama, we're all crazy now. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that would be Slade, wouldn't it? All right, fair enough. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's what I know from Slade. <laughs> and honestly, man, being being over in Scotland, I'll be disappointed if you haven't heard "Merry Christmas, Everybody" because that seems to be a um, a UK kind of favorite. <laughs> that is true. Honestly, you would think I would know more Slade, being a big Judas Priest fan, and with Slade being well, I'll be honest. I just googled this, so don't act like I know everything about everything. But Slaver from Wolverhampton, and that's where uh, Rob Halford moved to before he formed Judas Priest. Oh, rock on! Wow. So just a little bit of uh, yeah. I, I know I know plenty about Judas Priest. I just I just don't know shit about Slade. <laughs> uh, Slade always fascinated me because they started out as like a skinhead band. You know, and at the time, skinhead meant different things than what it means today, especially like in America. You know, mm-hmm. you hear skinhead, oh, yes. you automatically think of racist. But yes. like, you know, back in the, in the day, and this is me doing my research with paper back in the 90s. But, you know, you had the whole suede head thing o- over in the UK, and they're basically just soccer hooligans. And so Slade really <laughs> yeah. fit in with that group. And then they started to distance themselves from it. Ah. Yeah, right, I love right. that band. I really love those guys. <laughs> and imagine walking into a pub in Wolverhampton, okay, and seeing like Naughty Hodder and Rob Halford sitting down enjoying a pint together. Like that's just that's rock and roll fantasy right there. Like wow, that I can't would even be begin absolutely... to say how much I would love that. 
Mm-hmm. What I would be, what I cannot wait to hear and do is we are going to put our co-host to work here. He's got a song. I think you got a Cryptopsy song queued up for us. Do you not? I do. So the song I chose was Abigor off of uh, Cryptopsy's first album, uh, Blasphemy Made Flesh. Now, this is the album that, well, I guess you could say none so vile, but I mean, let's be real. Blasphemy Made Flesh is a better album. Uh, that Lord Worm on the map as one of the all-time best death metal vocalists. And Abigor is melodic and extreme in the best ways possible. Right on, right on. Good choice. This is the mighty Cryptopsy. Hey, 
That was also the new Wolf King, The Path of Wrath. One of the first singles off of that was Sanctuary. Good stuff, good stuff. Triple uh, A, you'll remember a couple years back, their Loyal to the Soil record came across my desk. And yes. that just blew us both away. Just some absolute fantastic stuff. So it's now that you're saying that, because I'm I'm like, man, I really recognize this. And then it was the loyal to the soil, because that that made like one of my um, album of the year list. I think Mm -hmm. that that year, like that was a killer record. Definitely, definitely, definitely was good stuff. Good stuff there. Unfortunately, okay, we're. Foregoing a creature feature for tonight, you know, it was be right, right around now. We would have another kick-ass interview as or another like we used to or like we used to or like we always give on this show. But this time round, though, we kind of thought it'd be a little more apropos if we kind of forego that and give a little bit of entombed talk. Because we lost, you know, we lost LG Petrov this week. And that is not, that is not a uh, really good way to start the week. Because I believe I heard about it Monday morning. You know, I'm just kind of getting up. It's like, oh, Monday, okay. And then you kind of turn on the news. Which for me, turning on the news is like going to social media to see what's going on in the metal world. Or going on to brave words or you know blabbermouth or something because that's that's the news for me and then you find out like this gut shot it's like ah no like i knew i knew that he was sick for a while but you kind of always you know you always hope for the best and that's too bad where were you guys when you heard this unfortunate news it was earlier this week for me, man. Like I, I feel like I scrolled through it in Instagram more than likely, and it and it took a minute to set in because I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like LG Petrov, and it was ringing a bell for me. But then all of a sudden, like it finally hit that it was entombed, and I don't know, like it just it just took took a minute for everything to come together. I think honestly, when you sent the group message, I'm like. Oh shit, that's right. I did see that. Like it finally solidified my mind. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Aaron P? What uh where where were you when you heard the news? I'll be honest, I was still in bed. Um <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, a lot of the Brits that I that I know were sharing it pretty much as as soon as it was shared. Uh, of course, in tune being from Sweden. Um, it would have been nice and early in the morning for us that we, we had seen it and, uh, yeah, it, it kind of clicked pretty instantly. Um, the last time I'd seen Amon Amaris was actually with Entombed AD and that was kind of what got me into them. And, and I got to meet LG at that time. And so it, it, it was kind of a kick in the gut to see that someone like that had passed away. It's already not been a great year with Alexi's passing and everything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's always the that's the only thing that I don't like about doing this show is it's kind of we've kind of taken the responsibility 
you know, like I, I, you heard at the top of the episode, like we had the dedication to Mr. Petrov, and I've done way too many of those over the last 14 years. You know, it's just it's always it's always tough because um, and this is going to get us right into our entombed talk because for me personally, I go back with entombed with the very first record with left hand path it um i want to say i probably saw a review of it in one of the many magazines i was listening to and then you see the you see the name of the band and the cover you know and you know it's you know it's that it's from sweden and all that so you got a fairly good idea that it's going to be kick-ass and it was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic stuff. That first record, Left Hand Path. Um, Aaron, where did you first, uh, first of all, are you, you're, you're obviously into the Entombed. When did you uh, first discover them? So, yeah, honestly, it would have started with the tour in 2016 the Yom's viking tour with them on mars mm-hmm. um they played direct support and it was honestly right off the bat uh they opened with i master from wolverine blues and it clicked almost instantly that that death and roll style of music that was just fun and energizing but also extreme in all the right ways. For sure. For sure, for sure. And a fan was born that day. Excellent. Exactly. Excellent. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get this straight. What about you, AAA? So for me, the first time I heard of Entombed was a Wolverine Blues. And I've been trying to piece together this timeline all week. Um. Because I remember reading about them in a magazine. I can't pinpoint for the life of me which magazine. I thought it was Revolver, but Revolver didn't start until 2000. And I know I read about it in the 90s, right? But it would have been like later 90s, like 98, 99, somewhere in there. Because I was playing in two different bands at the time. And one of the vocalists from the uh, band I was playing in, um, he lent me the CD to check out. And I remember hating it because like I, I read it. I saw it. I saw the title Wolverine Blues. This is the one with a comic. I'm like, oh, and the Wolverine's always been like one of my favorite, you know, X-Men. I'm like, damn, I want to check this out. And I remember hearing it. I'm like, what is this shit? Like, I didn't like it at all, you know. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward um to like all this hm2 talk and i went back and i listened to wolverine blues again and i'm like how did i not like this like wolverine blues is a great record because i went back and i listened to to left hand path today and left hand path was, was really good and there's there's some things we'll talk about in there later that um some observations i made but just wolverine blues like, like what aaron was talking about with like that death and roll style just there's times where it's doomy there's times where you've got that that blast of death, and it just uh, is just a great record, start to finish. Like I, I love that record. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I remember the Wolverine Blues. Um, 
like there was two there was two different co- covers where they had they had the original one and then they hammered out the deal with Marvel in order to use the likeness and then they re-released it I think once the deal with CBS kicked in or or, or Columbia kicked in okay that was the time uh, a lot of those earache bands were getting a more mainstream release there was the uh, Napalm Death the Carcass I want to say Godflesh, Fudge okay. Tunnel, yeah. And, so that so that's going to be then how the timeline goes down. So it has to be a re-release, and I saw it in, in an Fortnite magazine. I still can't figure out what metal magazine it would have been. Uh, I'm you know? thinking it was Maniacs, Metal Maniacs. Not here. It, I don't ever remember yeah. even seeing that in the states. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's an American magazine. It was the same. It was the same company. That. Oh well. Never so remember, dude. Like, like I live in the sticks now, but it was honestly worse growing up. Right? Well, it wouldn't have been in Metal Edge. Revolver didn't exist. Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't even think of what else I was reading other than um, guitar magazines because I I, like every guitar magazine that was available. I subscribed to at that point. So I'm like, was it in one of the guitar magazines? Was it? Because there was a time where they were getting a little edgier. I'm like, was it Guitar World? Was it Guitar for the Practicing Musician? I I can't put my finger on it. It's driving me nuts. Oops, sorry, that was my beer. <laughs> oh, oh, it's now it's starting over there, is it? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm drinking one-man uh, mosh pit tonight. I forgot to mention that. Oh, that's an actual name of a beer. Yeah, yeah, it's by Surly Brewing. They're a Minnesota brewing. I remember hearing about these guys because um, I don't know if they did it this year, but once a year, they would um, they would throw a party called Darkness Day where they release this special brew that they only make once a year, and they basically throw a big metal festival when they do it. And it's wow. a big party in Minneapolis. So yeah, Surly Brewing Company, one-man mosh pit. I need, like... Six of those. Yes, yes, for, you for do. Sure. It's a hazy for IPA. Sure, for sure, for sure. I've got the lemmies going in my Motorhead mug. Um, Aaron P, what are are you are you imbibing tonight? Oh, I've got uh, either Jack and Coke or Jack and Monster going at any time. No Guinness. You're in the UK, man. You're in Scotland. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not in Ireland. But it's still like an English beer, technically. Well, the English considered it English, even though it's Irish. That's a whole other thing. Well, that that depends. Is it Northern Irish or is it like UK Irish? Oh, I don't know, man. But you you, you do bring up a good point because the guys that I was working with in Ireland in December, like, you know, Guinness was God. That was literally the phrase. So, but still, like, it's close enough. (laughs) One island to another. It's close enough. I mean, I don't. I don't really do dark beer. I I, I prefer my my Jack and Coke or Jack and Monster, Jaeger and something. I don't know. G- give me the right type of liquor and the right type of mix, and I'm fine. I'll have fun for a night. Amen. Right on, right on. <laughs> I I haven't had any Jaeger in a couple of years. Now there's a big. A festival up here called the Manitoba Metal Fest. I actually might have heard of it. Bands like Razor and Sacrifice and Cryptopsy have played it over the years. Um, Jaeger was sponsoring uh, the show 
the last time we had it on. Big mistake because they sent a bunch of bottles over for us. <laughs> and, and, <all> that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, they don't know who they're dealing <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, great stuff, great stuff. Um, so I guess it's kind of safe to say we've kind of established uh, our favorite entombed albums with Wolverine Blues and Left Hand Path. Yeah, man. Wolverine Blues is <laughs> So Left Hand Path, something that, that struck me today. So, Snow, you know I'm a big fan of, of like, and, and for, for lack of a better term, like the math rock type bands like Dillinger Escape Plan and the Tony Danza Tap Dance Extravaganza. Right. And you know, like that sound they're famous for, that screechy, that kind of thing that mm-hmm. they do? Mm-hmm. I caught that on Left Hand Path. No. Oh. I can't remember what song, but there was something that happened. I'm like, holy shit. I wonder if this is where those bands got that. Could be. Could yeah, be. You know, it, tune's it, very influential. Well, that's just it. Is like, like, I'm thinking, I'm like, this would have been a band that, I mean, and listen to everything they're doing, even drum wise, it, it makes sense that, that Entombed is going to influence those two bands. And just hearing that, I'm like, I could see that, you know, the, these guys like taking that and be like, okay, what can we do with that? You know, I, I wish I could have written down the song, but I was driving at the time when I heard it. And I'm like, son of a gun, look at that. You know, but yeah, like Left Hand Path, man, that's a great record. It really is. Definitely. For sure, for sure. Do you guys have a particular, like, an in, like, and I know, understand that metalheads are, like, we're album people. You know, we like the whole package as, as, as a whole. But do you guys have any individual favorite songs from Entombed? I mean, mine's got a standard eye master. It, it's solely the song that that made everything click for me. I mm-hmm. tried to listen to Entomb prior to seeing them. Um, nothing ever clicked, but just seeing them live, seeing them open with with that song, made everything just make sense. <laughs> right on. What about you, AAA? Well, see, I gotta agree. I Master is pretty killer, but like Demons, a close second for me. Like, and, and again, from from the um, the Wolverine Blues record. Mm-hmm. Right on. Right on. No, I get that. I, I get that. Obviously, like um, the left left hand path. The record is, you know, the 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 intro for me and my favorite record of theirs. But Hollow Man from Wolverine Blues, like that oh, is just that's a, a good one. And, and it's just, it's just it's a standout song, not only you know in 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 Tomb's discography, but just heavy heavy thrash metal death metal itself and all that. And I'm like they 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 tried to turn it, you know, they tried to push units with it. They 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 used it as a single and it has its own melody and you know it's kind of a more commercial song structure at least. You know, although the heaviness, you know, was still still kind of retained and like just it just it kind of fell victim that whole experiment, the whole era Columbia experiment just kind of fizzled when Columbia actually realized that oh these guys aren't doing Iron Maiden numbers? Really? Oh, oh! I figured all we had to do was just 
sign a metal band and throw our name on there and you know it's going to push a million units like obviously they're doing something wrong over at ERA tell those guys to fuck off you know like that's I'm willing to bet that was exactly the mentality and to this day I is CBS still around I know earache is that's a great I mean question. on that standpoint earache can fuck off as it is <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. There has, yeah, like for every person that has put earache over, um, yeah, there's also people that probably have told Dig to go pound sand as well over the years. Oh, oh, fair enough. Um, We already discussed, uh, Aaron, you said, you know, a couple times in the conversation, you have caught them live. Was that the one that was was that the one and only time catching them? It was the one and only time. It was the last time they had actually ever played Toronto. I went and made sure on Setlist FM. Um, yeah, last time they played Toronto was twenty sixteen on the Omens Viking tour, playing main support to Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Um, they played a lot of original and tomb song. They played their newest album at the time which was dead dawn and that was mm. that album it's like like if if wolverine blues wasn't death and roll enough dead dawn is is death and roll as it is and mm. if anything got the bands like uh midnight you know the kind of and bewitcher the the kind of black thrash kind of stuff so yeah like that was the only time i got the chance to see them but I got the chance to, to meet LG during an interview with Ex Mortis, just standing on the side of the road. It was the <laughs> weirdest experience, and he came up like drunk as could be, <laughs> and just kind of interrupted the interview and was having the time of his life with random people on the street. <laughs> yeah, he he was the life of the party. He was definitely the life of the party during the whole time that he was there and he was around. Right on. <laughs> so, right on, right on. Now, this, this is where the timeline gets fuzzy for me. So, Aaron, when you saw them, were they entombed or entombed AD? They were entombed AD at okay. the time. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially entombed missing Halid, right? Or however you pronounce his name. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty okay. much. Yeah. It's those two were the ones that kind of, you know, shit shit went down with them. Um Triple I don't think you've seen them, I don't think, eh? Oh no. No man, never gonna see them. Well, yeah, unfortunately. And we'll get to that a little later. It probably isn't going to happen i have i had the good fortune of catching them twice actually on originally on the wolverine blues tour they uh they came through winnipeg here they headline i managed to catch them in one of the local watering holes and like the stuff off left hand path like the room just erupted every time they did a song off of that record like you could really tell you know which which was uh, winning over the audience, and as well the same the same 
tour with Amon Amarth I caught entombed AD. And they're actually, they were supposed to be coming back. And the tour, COVID kind of fixed, finished this, this tour. They were supposed to be touring across Canada supporting Amorphous as well. And I got all excited. Okay, Amorphous is good. Had him on the show. Great band and all that. Can't wait to see them. But fucking Doom's coming back right on. Got all excited. Going to talk to LG again and all that. And unfortunately, the 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 COVID hits and tragedy strikes. And that's not happening. Um, but you did get a chance to meet him. And that's a fantastic story. <laughs> Aaron, like, those are the type of, like... Here on Radioactive Metal, I like to do, like, our interviews, like, we, over over the phone and Skype is fine, and with the COVID and all that, that's kind of what we have to resort to, but we like to do what I call the action interview, okay, when you're interviewing in the, uh, in the venue, either, you know, backstage, sometimes in the van, on the bus, and all that, just there face to face sometimes you know when i've done interviews with bands in in the parking lots okay and i've got the recorder out and you can see the conversation is being recorded and then some fan comes up and hey dude you're that guy in that band i'm seeing tonight aren't you uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, like, I've had so many different situations. I've I've interviewed uh, cattle decapitation on their bus. I've interviewed, and keep in mind with cattle decapitation, so many different members of the band and other bands walked in and just joined in on the interview. It was the strangest <laughs> situation. That's great stuff. It yeah. is. It's the best and like but you you can never account for it that's that's the greatest thing um i interviewed skeleton witch when they were on tour with um abbott on the decibel magazine tour and we oh, had to find some nice. underground passageway that led between a hotel and the venue so we could actually have some peace and quiet mm-hmm. um when i interviewed uh, what was it? Ex Mortis. Yeah, Ex Mortis on the tour with Amonomarth and Entombed. Uh, we ended up having to do the interview outside on the side of the road because the venue kicked us out at eleven o'clock. They <laughs> oh. they were not they were, they were not fucking Man. about with the uh, with the with the curfew they right. kicked everyone out they made they made them on mars cut their set i've still never seen guardians of asgard live and i've seen gone and seen oh, um, three times oh. so they, kicked us, they kicked us out of the venue pretty early um i had to go and meet the guitarist for some reason i can't remember the name off the top of my head from ex mortis i had to go meet him upstairs in the venue just to go outside and stand beside the van with let's say a thousand metalheads leaving the venue <laughs> trying to talk to the band while i'm in the middle of an interview and then lg shows up and he's had a handful of drinks and he just wants to 
he wants to fuck about with, with the band. He wants to fuck about with the, with the fans. And he's just having all sorts of fun. And honestly, that stance as probably, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from it. That probably stands my second favorite interview, only second to the fact that my first interview ever was with Marty Friedman. That's oh, awesome, your dude. First interview. First wow. interview ever was with Marty Friedman. <laughs> well, we used to like you. Holy gee. Jeez, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's killer, dude. man. Ah, oh, geez, I can't even remember the first interview that we did on radioactive metal. Like I just, I was, it was probably like a independent touring metal band, but yeah, that's, that's fantastic. The first year though, we, uh, we had an interview with James Kotak from the Scorpions and all that. And it's like, Holy shit, this is our first year of doing that. And we're talking to the Scorps already. Like, Oh, can't, 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 can't go wrong with that. But Marty Friedman, sweet man. What, it's, where, it's hard to forget how to stay up until one in the morning because that's afternoon for him in Japan. I was just going to ask if he was in yeah. Japan at the time. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. Okay, We're, we might be giving away a little too much here because I was just thinking, you have to come on again, Aaron, and we'll just trade war, war stories from interviews and all that. <laughs> just, oh, wow. trust me, there's there's a lot to talk about. Okay, good. <laughs> Good. Then we're going. We're going to uh, move on um, uh, with with this this particular type of spotlight episode. Uh, where what's what's always what's always a good time is our band moment, and basically what that is is just something like kind of within your life that happened that is in some way, shape, or form connected to entombed and all, and all and it's very open-ended it's wide open there's no right or wrong there's no there's just is what is there anything that you can kind of think of i know definitely this amazing story you just shared you know with a drunk a drunk petrov is just that's got to be right up there obviously absolutely right up there um yeah honestly it was so Unfortunately, I had to be cut from the interview just because of different record labels and all that, all that kind of stuff. But I still oh, have the recording. They're still sitting there. I will not let those go, especially now due to the unfortunate passing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, just some of the questions he would he was pulling random fans off of the road <laughs> and asking <laughs> he was asking them their favorite song. And half of them didn't recognize who he was. Oh, that's great. Because wow. And, you know, let's be fair, a lot of them are drunk. And Amon Mars was headlining, so a lot of them were there for Amon Mars. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of, uh, he was handing them shots of Jaeger just to say whatever, the, whatever he decided was their favorite song. He was like, here, take the shot, tell tell the microphone, you know, Wolverine Blues, tell the microphone Eye Master, tell, uh, tell the microphone Left Hand Path, or whatever song off of Dead Dawn. That is your favorite song. That's <laughs> and amazing. It was, the whole point of it was you got to take a shot with LG yeah. at, on the side of the road 
up until you know police uh maybe maybe or may not have caught on (laughs) (laughs) it was uh, was a crazy time (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i had the good fortune of uh of meeting meeting him twice the first time okay yeah was just in the in the club okay the first show during the wolverine blues tour where after after the show, people were starting to file out, and he just sat down on the edge of the stage, okay, and just talked to people, just to come up and just. And meanwhile, like there was no snowy back then. This was you know way, way, way before the show. So I'm just this starstruck fan. Now it would be a totally different because hopefully I'm a little more mature. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't know about that, that, that one, man. Debatable. <laughs> yeah, that might be debatable, but I can at least talk to rock stars, no problem. Now, back then, you're just kind of like, uh, uh, you know, trying to maintain a conversation with this rock star. It was basically my my age. Like, he, unfortunately, he was only a year older than us when he passed away and all that. But see, that's just, that's the beauty of underground and extreme metal like these people like you know they seem like such big rock stars to us when really they're very approachable you know and very easily accessible just in ways like that so like that was an absolutely amazing moment i can't remember like i said exactly what we talked about i can never remember because it probably just the fact that i was meeting them was pretty cool and i had a couple of bevies not enough that you know i it's affecting me or anything it just yeah yeah and then supporting him on a mart the same tour that you're talking about um made arrangements and had a chat with him to just talk all things in entombed and yeah yeah it was one of those times where it's like this this is absolutely fantastic and you'd think okay He's been around, he's this legendary figure and all that. Maybe he's kind of earned to maybe have a bit of an ego trip or whatever. You didn't see that in him at all. You know, just I've been very lucky in that department that pretty near all of my interview subjects, while some of them might be, okay, I'm just doing it because it's part of the gig. You know, we're not going to be really good friends when all of this ends. You didn't feel that with him, you know, like he, you just knew you were having a conversation with a great guy and I'll definitely That's cool. never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. What about, what about you, AAA? Do you have a entombed moment? Not really, man. Like, like, you know, I've, I've said all my entombed stuff like that, the band member that, that let me borrow Wolverine blues. I mean, you know, recently, and I mean, we talked about this on air already. I did get, the Wolverine Blues record, I found, well, CD, I found a copy with the comic and everything in it. So, I mean, that, that was, hmm. that was a nice moment to track that down, especially after, yeah. you know, already having <laughs> it once and then now finally appreciating it, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. I mean, other, other than their connection to the HM too, cause that, that's really what I was listening for today is I was listening to those records. I was listening to that buzzsaw tone, and just thinking about that you know (laughs) since we have a good canadian boy on who knows his metal 
and all that. We've had an ongoing thing on this show recently about Entombs and the HM2 pedal and exactly where the origins of that sound started from. Aaron, you will remember the Toronto death metal band Slaughter. Absolutely, I remember Slaughter. <laughs> okay, good, good. Because that's because Entombed gets the credit for creating the sound. Okay, but like we know it goes back to the Strapato album. Like maybe five years before Left Hand Path, I would say. Like what year did Strapato come out? Eighty seven? Eighty six? Eighty seven? Somewhere around there. Yeah, I wanna say. Um did you well okay no you wouldn't you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have heard like slaughter in their heyday you just you're not just no but uh, yeah i mean to be fair it especially as a canadian remembering that slaughter and like slaughter was this huge band Mm -hmm. and slaughter featured chuck from death like it, it's we talked about that last week to yeah. take away. it was last episode yeah. we talked about exactly. that exactly yeah. it's so hard to take away what slaughter did for just music as it is mm-hmm. all right now aaron here's my question for you have you ever seen the movie my big fat greek wedding because this is relevant to this <laughs> oh shit I think so okay. honestly I, i'm not a huge movie buff i well, think i've seen it once and but it never stuck with me. Well, so the main the, the main point I want to make from this movie is like the dad in the movie, he's Greek, right? And that's the whole thing is like this Greek family and everything is Greek, right? Like it doesn't matter what it is. He can tell you how the Greek invented it or how it's related to the Greek or it comes from something Greek. And that's essentially what Snowy is on this show, right? Because it doesn't matter what it is. He's going to tell me how it's Canadian in some way, you know? Like, well, the Canadians invented this, you know? Yeah. You know, it's going to be Swiss cheese. Well, it's really Canadian cheese. We invented it before the Swiss got a hold of it. You know, that that's that's the kind of thing that, that's going on here. But to... I, re- I remember when Canada invented Chinese food. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> exactly, right? Chicken balls? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that, that's, that's the kind of thing. Now, if you try to climb, climb buffalo wings, just you're out of here. Like, because there's, you know, you just can't do it. But anyway, so I, I, I would really like to talk to um, the guitarist of Slaughter, if we could, Snowy. Like, if, if there's a way we could try oh, to yeah. these down. Oh, we need, yeah. I would love to talk gear and sound because as I listen to Left Hand Path today, right, I'm listening to it. I'm listening for the HM2. I'm listening to just, you know, the drums. And quick side note, any drummer, any drummer that played in the early death metal bands, like, you know, from the the late 80s through the early 90s, I don't care if you made it onto a record or not. All of them deserve some sort of recognition, like some sort of award because I'm, I'm listening to like left hand path and I'm thinking of my buddy's death metal band doomsayer that was coming up like right around like 89, 90, somewhere in there, you know? And I think about what that drummer was doing and, and, you know, just the, the different things and how, 
man, how death metal drummers really pushed the speed and the physicality of drumming, you know? I mean, drumming's already physical, and they just, they, they push it even further. I mean, they really turned drumming into an extreme sport. But, um, like, I'm, I'm listening to Left Hand Path, listening to drums, and I'm thinking about my buddy's band, and so I started texting him today. I'm like, hey, what were your guitarists using? And because I'm like, were there any effects pedals? I'm like, did somebody have an HM2 in there? Because their sound reminded me a lot of what I was hearing on Left Hand Path, you know, he- hearing that today. And um, he was telling me it was just like a couple of PV amps, which then I started remembering. Like one of them was the PV Butcher, which, you know, can you get a more metal name than the PV Butcher? You know, <laughs> yeah. and that, that was just fan, you know, a fantastic sounding amp because I, I remember the, the guitarist that had that one. And then I, I cannot remember what the other guitarist had because the other guitarist ended up playing with me in Darkwater at one point. Um, and he had the same amp. It was just killer, killer sound. But um, I, I like I, I wanted I would really like to talk to the guys in Slaughter and I want I want to know if they are really using the pedal in the same way that um, Entombed was using it, right? Be, you know, were, were they using it all cranked up? Were they using it differently? Because I feel like, especially in the 80s, there was a lot of amp distortion going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you kick on a, a pedal anyway. So, I, I don't know. Like, and, th- and this is just, this is the guitarist to me coming out, right? Like, like I really get, <laughs> get geeky into, into the sound aspect. Like I've, like, I've been thinking about this all day. Like I kid, I kid you not. Like I I put on that album probably like like eight o'clock when I started working. And I'm going through my emails and getting stuff. And then you know I I had to start texting my buddy. I'm like, hey, tell me about this. Like like this has been bugging me all day long. I've been trying to track down this sound because I I feel like there's there was just like a certain scoop that people were doing on the mids and all that sort of th- stuff. And I think a lot of it came from the fact that when they started tuning down that low, you needed a way to still make the sound cut. But then take a band like Rotten Sound, like they have, like like there there's still that that buzzsaw HM2 sound, but they have this weird white noise static always going on in their sound, right? Mm-hmm. And and again different from Entombed because Entombed still has a swing to it, right? It, like like e- even though like it's got that aggression to it, they can still get. You know, like that that rock and roll kind of guitar sound, still with that aggression. So I don't know. Uh, Aaron, do you play guitar at all? I don't. I've tried to learn it, but I, I honestly, I just think I'm too dumb to figure out how to how it works. No such thing. No, dude. Trust me. If you met me in person, no such thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't play it, but I judge people who play it. So I mean, I think well, that's good enough. No, I I totally get that. I if I I was never a mus a musician myself, and when I was a teenager, and this obviously never worked out for me. But when I was a teenager, and all my friends were you know trying to learn guitar and wanted to be the next whoever, you know, um, I wasn't that guy that wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be writing for metal forces or or some or something like that like what you're doing now and the closest i got to that was you know an issue of my own little black and white fanzine you know way back 
guess 1990 and then my little girl came along and it just like i was kind of the end of kind of the end of that so no yeah i i totally get some people want to do stuff within the metal world but don't necessarily want to play that's kind of like one of the reasons why we have you on tonight because with the you know like band interviews are great they're the bread and butter of the show but there are so many different aspects and different different areas to cover like within the music and what you do is something that's near and dear to me and all that so it's like oh we gotta get mr price on and contribute to this it would be fantastic so yeah, once again, thank you. Do you think this is um, going to be... Like, obviously, this is the end of Entombed AD, obviously. Like, you know, like, when Ronnie James Dio passed away, there was no Dio, apart from, like, the Dio Disciples yeah. and all that. Like, like this is this is it. Like, they're done. Well, now we start Entombed BC, right? Dude. Um, yeah, that's kind of going to be to my next, I guess... What would kind of okay when you say entombed BC is are you kind of mentioning um, uh, the other entombed? Well, it's more a joke on on AD to yeah, BC, AD, BC and normal yeah. time. But yeah, oh, okay, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no I, thought, I thought maybe you were making reference to the other entombed, and Aaron mentioned yeah, the, um, quote unquote Mr. an original entombed. Uh, even though it only has what is it, the original guitarist yeah, or something guitarist, along yeah. those lines? Yeah. yeah, I mean they'll absolutely continue and they'll they'll take full advantage of everything. And I mean, if you support them, you support them. If you don't, you don't. But I think I think continuing under the name, especially after after the passing of LG, is a is a little bit um, shysty, Let's say. Okay. Okay, but they can always go back and say, "Well, we've been we we put out that live album, and we've been entombed without without LG. Nothing has really changed for us. So why should we change our name and all that?" But I think that would, like you said, that was that's going to meet up with some backlash from fans and saying, "Like, what the fuck, dude?" You know. So here's my thoughts on that one, right? Because entombed went without LG for a year. Right, so the clandestine album didn't have have LG on it, and I I specifically listened to that today to compare, you know, vocals and all that sort of stuff, and and I I can't remember who did vocals, so please forgive me, but um, it it was a much more Slayer style vocal, like like mm-hmm. it is is what it reminded me of, and I'm like it kind of worked, but then like I you know then then I get back up to Wolverine Blues and I went through like a lot of other, the other LG records. I'm like, yeah, I kind of dig what he's doing, but I like the the thing that just gets me in general with this Entombed versus Entombed AD, and I so we've talked about this on the show before. It's like my God, you know, like quit fighting. Somebody take the damn name. Don't do Entombed AD. Don't do the whatever you have to add to it. Like. If they would have called themselves Left Hand Path, everybody would have known who it was and what was going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know, if they would have just, if they could have called themselves Wolverine Blues, you know, they could they could have taken any one of their own song titles and just kind of soldiered on that way. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, does Halid end up getting back? Um, and if I'm pronouncing that wrong, somebody correct me. But 
Um, does he end up getting back with the rest of Entombed, and do they carry on like you know, kind of like they did with the clandestine record, um, Sans LG? You know, and mm-hmm. I, and I mean, I think the real test is going to be, you know, how's the music and how do the vocals fit in with the music, and the and fan response. Well, well, I think I think that's I think that's going to dictate yeah, like, the fan response. Is is going to mm-hmm. be how okay. how good is the music? Like you know, you put it on. Does it sound like like a really killer riff? Because as I went through the albums today, man, like they just kept getting better. Like every album, just like damn, like these just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger arrangements. And I'm like, damn, this is some really good stuff. So I mean, if they're going to put out some like really well thought out albums and just great arrangements and riffs and all that sort of stuff, and the vocals work. You know, like, like it'd be like if they try to get like a King Diamond style vocalist, it's not going to work. You know, no. <laughs> you know, that that no. kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where, you know, what, how's it going to match what they're already doing? Right, right, right. So for you guys personally, like I remember like when Max left Sepultura and the whole thing on the internet was no Max equals no Sepultura. Like, how are you guys with this? No LG, no Entombed? I don't think so. Not for me. Sorry. Go ahead. I I, I was going to say it's been 14 years without, without LG. Like since the last LG album. They've done a couple covers, and obviously they've done live shows, but they've not. But besides clandestine, as far as I'm aware, they've not done a single album without LG. And I mean, at that point, what's the point? Hmm. This is kind of like going to be a scab entombed. Maybe I don't know. Like who knows? You know? Well, and and I mean, like, cause like whatever Halid's going to do with the. Entombed name is going to be what he does. But I, I think the interesting thing is going to be what do the guys in Entombed AD do? Do they try to continue on as Entombed AD? Or is is that where they either completely disband or they reform is something completely new? I think they... I, I don't know. They might, they might pull a nihilist. Okay, before, before Entombed became Entombed, they were... They were they were called nihilist. They had a member of the band. Okay, don't ask me for names or anything like that. But they didn't want this guy in the band anymore. And but they were friends. They didn't want to kick him out and all that. So they said, "Well, we're breaking up." And they broke up. And then the next day, they formed Entombed without that guy. It was just a whole brand, just a whole brand new band. So. Maybe in the spirit of LG and all that, I could see Entombed AD. Oh, no, Entombed's done. And then the next day, they announce, we're now called, you know, the Amazing Butterlips or whatever. You know, oh, like, tra- this is... <laughs> trademark that. That's a good one. <laughs> you, know, you know, so I could probably see that. I could probably see that. Yeah, I'm actually... I'm going to give whatever, like if Halid does come up with, you know, something fresh and original and all that, I'm going to be fair and I'm going to give it a listen. And all that. What about you, Aaron? I mean, yeah, I'll give it a listen. And it, I mean, 
this is a band that causes a lot of controversy when you talk about them. So uh, forgive me if I cause any issues. But it's the same idea as the split in Batushka. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I gave the album... Can't remember his name. Regardless, when when Batushka split into Batushka and Batushka ID, AD, I think is is what they are. Mm-hmm. Much like Entombed, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave the album a fair listen, and the album was great, in my opinion. But you you can be as fair as you want about the album. In a lot of cases, you can't be honest about, about how you like the album because the OG fans will always come out of the woodwork and start arguments and start fights. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before you know it, like here you're gonna have these bands doing these lawsuits and all that over infringements and trademarks and all that because they think that you know your glam band from the mid '80s actually has some sort of clout or value now and all that. And it's just like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 not 1985. Neither of your bands are relevant anymore. <laughs> this is this is coming from a guy that's that that still digs hair that still digs hair metal. You know, it's it's all, it's it's good drinking music. You'll, you'll come out with a lawsuit that's about 30, 40 years later that says, "Hey, Led Zeppelin <laughs> ripped off Stairway to Heaven from our band." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, gonna kind of switch gears here because, um, of course, you know our condolences go out to Petrov's family and friends. That's too bad. We also lost another gentleman this week, Mister Lou Otten. That name doesn't, you know, kind of ring off the top of your brain right away what his contributions to the music world definitely will because he was the inventor of the audio cassette he passed away this week at age the ripe young age of 94 and all that what's um okay like aaron obviously triple a obviously you remember you've had your share of cassettes and you remember And all that, but what about you, Mister Price? Do you uh, like is are, are cassettes at all in your world? Oh, cassettes are absolutely in my world. Okay, um, I mean, I I've not collected a huge amount. Mm-hmm. Mine are mostly strange or limited edition cassettes. But my first one was a semi-official i guess it was recorded bootleg but approved by the band to be released um it was a live show of watane while they were on tour with creator and celtic frost oh back when back when the band originally started that's awesome Mm -hmm. Um, and it was limited to 33 editions. Oh, and, uh, honestly, I've never listened to it. 
I, I don't have a cassette player at the moment. Okay. But, but it was the first. It was the first cassette I ever bought. So. Right on. <laughs> That's fantastic. I have a handful of others. Like I, I have a limited edition uh, Dima Borgier one for their last album that I don't remember how to pronounce. But it's like bright red. I have Lawless Darkness from Watain. As again, I mean, I have a Watain in tattoo, so I'm a big fan of Watain. Holy shit! <laughs> um, I have or have or had. I may have sold it. Don't get mad at me if I sold it. Um, but it's it's a uh, limited edition Angel Witch. Um, <laughs> It's like limited to a hundred copies. The only way to get it was to win it. You couldn't even buy it. It was hand numbered and all that kind of stuff. Oh, but yeah, I, I, I should have. I I have very random cassettes, so I, I do have an affiliation with cassettes, and it's all sentimental, and more so than just for the sake of buying them. Now, have you ever made a mixtape? Like, have you ever like made your own cassette recordings? No, I'm not old enough for that. I, I've oh, made, right. I've, I've done it, I've done it with CDs, but I've never done it with cassettes. Okay, well, AAA and I are definitely old enough, and I've made my share of mixtapes, and I've made them specifically, you know, grab a handful of songs that are extra special to her. Hey, honey, I made you a mixtape, and. Like when we when we were teens and all that, like you, that was gold for a woman, for well, a girl, teenage, you know, that was gold for her. If her man made her a mixtape and all that, like that, that was, you know, that's like that just melted their hearts. And we were just looking for other things when we made a mixtape. Like, come on, <laughs> you know, like let's let let let's be honest here. I, I was still making mixtapes in the nineties. Like I had, mm -hmm. I had friends in college. Oh, yeah. I would, I, I, I can remember making a mixtape as late as ninety eight. Like as as late I as ninety eight, still making them and like I, mailing I, them to friends in college. Yeah, I, I was making. making one. Sorry, but I was born in ninety five. So <laughs> well, that's all right. I, I would have probably babysat you while I was making the tape. It'd have been fun. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was making mixtapes like you know from taking the songs, recording them off of the CD. You know, a song here, a song there. You know, all the all the way up until oh, I don't know when exactly. In I guess into the two thousands. Oh, maybe even even maybe mid as well. I don't know that's interesting. Aaron Triple uh, yeah. A, you remember? Oh. Do you remember your first cassette? So, yes, but it's not going to be what you think, right? So, my 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 dad, we I think we've talked about the fact that my dad's a bit of an audiophile, right? Before I ever knew what that term was. So, dad was all about you buy vinyl and then you make a cassette the first time you play the vinyl and then you store the vinyl safely until that cassette wears out and that's when you play it again. Like that's how you keep your vinyl in that's good shape. That's cool. Right. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Oh, dude. And then, you know, dad taught me how to basically do tape saturation, which, you know, I don't know if there was a name for it at that point yet or if anybody knew what it was. But, 
you know, where everybody else is only recording up to zero, dad's like, no, 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 push it into the red. When you push it into the red, like you're going to get this sweet sound out of it. Like he, he really knew his stuff, man. Um, but so the, the first cassette tape I can remember getting was cream. And I can't even tell you what album it was. Doesn't Um, matter. All gold. But, but it, it wasn't like an official cassette. It was um, a friend of his that he worked with or no, or, or that came into like the store that he worked at or something like that, that made the cassette tape from his original album. So it was made from like an original cream vinyl album on cassette. And that's like the first cassette I, I remember getting like band oh. cassette. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I don't, I don't remember. Like it's just, okay. Like there's a meme going around and I've seen it for a number of years now and it's still, and I recently shared it and it's still a favorite of mine where they say, you don't remember your first download, but you'll always remember your first album. I can't remember my first, my first cassette. It was probably like a KTEL thing. If either of you guys know what KTEL was, oh, yeah. kind of, you yeah. know, like, okay, okay. It was, it was maybe something like that. The most I, cause like, like as a kid, it was all vinyl with us, with me and my older brother. Yeah. And all that. That's how I remember what my first vinyl was. But my first cassette, I just, I don't know. I want, I'm thinking, was it an old ELO record? I like, I remember hearing um the song shine a little love and all that okay. like one of my first for first cassettes this was years ago and it was that that cassette might have been a couple years older than before i had gotten it so i don't even remember cassettes but to to this day or at least my first yeah but to this day yeah i'm still i'm still finding like whenever like my re- lo- when my local record shop has a a cool cassette come in either second hand or whatever I'll be sh- I'll be sure to snap it up but for a while there my local into the music shop they had a lot of really cool uh grindcore and death metal uh demo tapes and indie releases and of course local local bands here are doing cassettes as well and all that so it's still it's it's still a thing for me you know it's just not not as widespread as it once was so here my my thoughts on the cassette is it's one of the most important inventions that has been forgotten right Mm -hmm. and 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 Mm -hmm. here here's my logic with this because like you know when, when you mentioned that this man passed away my first thought was like holy shit he's still alive like i i I honestly thought he would have been long dead like the guy that invented the record player or whatever, you know. And it was crazy to think that, oh, holy shit, he's not, I mean, 94, he's still old, but like he's more recent than I realized and the cassette's more recent than I realized. But try to picture where the metal world would be if we never had a cassette. Like like if if it jumped from reel to reel and then to CD. Mm Mm-hmm. Like where where would the metal world be? Um, the underground would definitely be different. Well, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, of the dead, the demo tape trading. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like I I've been trying to find weirdly enough for no real reason, um, 
tape trading rings, even within like someone like Reddit, uh, because I went through the history of heavy metal, um, the book by Andrew O'Neill. Okay. I think, I think that's the right name. Um, and he talks a lot about why well, he, um, they, I should say, talks a lot about the tape trading ring and how big it was for sarcophago and sepultura and sodom and just Mm -hmm. how much of a difference it made to be able to send these tapes between all these countries and have them shared with everyone and how much it meant to the metal world like it's something that will never be seen by another by another genre Mm-hmm. And, and that's oh, just yeah. it is like the, the, the what like the real magic of the cassette was that music became shareable right because yeah you could send somebody an album but it's going to get broken in the mail you know or somebody borrows it and it gets scratched but like cassettes were still fairly replaceable and and easy to make i mean you could get your boombox, record your band, and that became your demo, quote unquote. <laughs> you know, a lot of demos were recorded that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the, look at the re-releases that um, Metallica's done, where they re- recorded their practice space with a boombox, and then they they have taken those and cleaned them up, and they put those out for us to hear. Like, I remember doing the same thing. Like, the cassette gave you that that freedom. Like it. I mean, the, the cassettes honestly is important as the um, the paper sketch pad to an artist, you know. Mm-hmm. Like think think about like like you know art, and you had to have a canvas or whatever you know worked until then. You got the sketch pad of paper, so now you just had this book you could always draw and you could always do you know do your medium. You could always create, and that's that's what the cassette did, man. Like. I had a Fostex X28H uh, four-track recorder, and I didn't get it till probably 92. Like I, or not, not 92, 94, somewhere in there, right? So I was a late bloomer on that, but like, because I, I always wanted um, a, you know, a four-track cassette player, because that way, uh, four tracks, I could do all sorts of stuff. You could layer things. And mm. I learned to do so much with that four-track. I mean, like, so Sean from Iron City Rocks, Man, him and I used to stay up till like two, three in the morning, hanging out in my bedroom with a drum machine and that um, uh, four track cassette, just working out ideas and laying down riffs and tracks. And, you know, we could do some really good recordings on it. And, mm-hmm. and I just I just can't think of where we'd be without, without the cassette. I mean, think about this. The first like way of putting programs or storing a program from the, my home computer when we, when we first got one of those was a cassette drive, right? Like we had a cassette player and it was just a regular cassette player, but, but you hooked that into your computer and then that's how you'd save programs before disk drives. It was I didn't on, even know that. Yeah. It was tape drives, right? Wow. Like, yeah, I've dude, I've been down such a memory lane nostalgia these past couple of weeks. Like, um, <laughs> Radio Shack's been talking about the TRS-80, and they actually put the TRS-80 logo on a T-shirt, and that was, like, the first computer in my house because Dad worked at Radio Shack. And so, I mean, like, I grew up with the TRS-80. It was it was a very big deal in my house. You know, I learned a program basic on it. But, yeah, we had a cassette drive, and I remember storing something on a cassette drive for a neighbor that was doing something. I can't even remember what they were doing, if they were, like, writing a paper or a resume or what it was. But I remember, like, you'd have to load programs 
off this cassette drive. So like hit play and that loads it to the computer. You know? Is Radio Shack still around? Is that still a thing in the US? I don't think barely. they're around here anymore. They are barely alive, right? So long okay. story short, they um they started shutting down, I think in 2014, 15 when I moved here. And um, they've they're they're kind of hanging on as an online retailer, and I really really hope that somebody can help salvage them because with, with the with the maker movement that ended up happening here, like in the 2010s, they they should have been the company that absolutely owned that, but they got so sidetracked. But so they're. Their social media is doing a lot of flashback stuff, a lot of retro and nostalgia, and that's where they've got the TRS-80 shirts and some of the classic shirts. But I think that they're kind of getting in touch with their roots, and you're starting to see more of that stuff come out. So I, I, I hope they, they don't just end up trying to be a nostalgia act, and I hope they just understand like what what they were all about. Because, I mean, like I, I worked at the company for 10 years. My dad was there easily 20 you know, okay. I mean, like, like if, if I call my dad up now and said, Hey, what was the stock number for this part? He'd be able to tell us, <laughs> you know, like right. I, I will never forget when, um, I needed, I needed to find a part for a customer. I called my dad at his store because he, um, you know, he knows everything and I'm like, Hey, what's the thing? His power is out at his store. He has no computer, no inventory. And without even going to look, he says, kid, it's blah, blah, blah. And just rattles it right off. I type in the computer and son of a gun, he's right. He's <laughs> never right. He knew every, every product. It was amazing, you know. But yeah, like anyway, I digress. But like, like that's the thing is like the, the cassette tape. I just, I can't imagine where we would all be like musically without the cassette mm-hmm. tape. Like it just mm-hmm. allowed so much creativity. You know, and the shareability. I mean, like, you know, when I, when I would record stuff, then I'd make a cassette and I'd give it to somebody to listen to and like take this and and all that sort of stuff. It was just where where would music today be without the cassette? You know. Agreed. I definitely agreed. Agreed. So, thank you, Mr. Otten, for your contribution, and of course. Radioactive Metal extends their condolences to the Auten friends and family. Before we get into some entombed-related tunage, another something else here kind of came across my desk. I kind of wanted to throw out there. Um, you guys uh, fans of Rob Zombie movies? Well, I tagged you in this particular post, so mm. <laughs> I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Mr. Price? Are you into the Rob Zombie films? Oh, I I remember, what is it, House of a Thousand Corpses and his uh, Halloween movie, so I, I got to say I am. Okay, right on, right on. Well, apparently... Um, I guess the music and like the movie industry and fans and all that are kind of a buzz this week because they announced that Rob Zombie is going to be making a movie, you know, based on the Munsters. Now I don't know how familiar uh, Mr. Price you are with the Munsters because that was kind of like we caught the reruns when we were kids. Yeah. Okay, but it was kind of before our time. So does the Munsters mean anything to you? I know of the Munsters. 
but it kind of starts and ends right there. Like oh. I, I don't, I, I think <laughs> I've ever watched the monsters. Well, okay. Well, it's kind of basically the idea. The idea is the same thing. It was a black and white program in the sixties, much like it was kind of much like the Adams family as, as well. And like the Adams family was redone and made into live action movies and all that. Well, apparently Mr. Zombie has been tapped for a more modern take on the monsters. Now, when I read that, I thought, okay, I kind of get it. He's, you know, you kind of want an up-to-date, you know, horror film director, you know, a Rob Zombie and Eli, an Eli Roth, uh, you know, an Alexander Aja or something. Okay, 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 fine. What kind of monsters is Rob Zombie going to make, though? <laughs> That's what worries me, man. Because like, like I've I've been thinking about this since I saw that, and the like in R-rated monsters, that that's like an R-rated lever to Beaver, mm-hmm. right? And again, another really old film reference. But I mean, like this is wholesome Americana, and I mean, granted, told through the monsters, but you know, it was making societal comments at the time and all that sort of stuff. But right. like, if you're gonna bring it up to date. You almost need to do it like like what would make me happy is if they did it in the way essentially like what they did with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like think about that movie and it just how horribly campy it was mm-hmm. and what the TV show became. Two right. completely different things, but it was the ah. same guy, right? Right. And and that's the thing is like so if they could make the monsters and, and, I, and I don't want to say like Buffy, but I mean like you, you've got to give it that kind of treatment where you you, you bring it up to date, you make it serious um, or, or like more serious. Like you can still have humor in there, but you, you've got to have a good storyline that's going to keep people engaged. But man, like I, I don't want to see I, I don't want to see the, the monsters be the bad guys. Um, right. I don't want it to be R rated because Lily's tits are out the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, like, like. There's, there's so many different ways this. Could, what, come on, man. You know, there's, there's all kinds well, of dudes that still fantasize about Lily Munster. So, like, yeah, yeah. They've already, they've already announced that Sherry Moon is going to be playing Lily. Then, absolutely. There we go. There go the tits, right? Zombie. Well, not necessarily her breasts, but I don't know. Like, zombie has this bizarre fascination for showing his wife's ass off in all well, of his there we movies and all that. Like it's, it's like, dude, like what, what's going on in that guy's head? It's, it's, it's not the, it's, it's not the horror stuff that's making me go like, what the fuck dude? It's everything else in that guy's mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a feeling like, like, you know what? That'd be a fun movie. Like for him to just to kind of like make a movie of what it's like to be inside his brain. Like it'd be like this <laughs> like horrifying maze. Like I think that'd be a fascinating film. It would be. But it would be. Yeah. I, I, I just, man. I mean, obviously it's the monsters. I have to see it. Right. Oh, I would be there. I, I have to, but I just, um, it's going to be under duress. You know, like I, I just can't like, Man, like when I when I think of all like the, my childhood films that have been messed with, like Land of the Lost, right? Snowy, did Land of the Lost make it up to Canada when you were a yeah, kid yeah. in the seventies? Yeah. Okay, oh for sure, yeah. Well, the Will Ferrell mess that he did, oh, like what the hell? 
I, I didn't even watch it because I don't like Will Ferrell for starters. Yeah. You know what? Will Ferrell is a is he's a fifty fifty with me every time. He's either gonna be great or I'm gonna want to punch him. You know, like like Elf I think is brilliant. Um but then the like there's other stuff where I'm just like, Oh god, no, not again. But like yeah. um the Ricky Bobby is one of the times where he's really over the top, but it works. Like it's hysterical. But I digress, but like the because Land of the Lost was just it was so dumb. Like, there's so many. Like, I I loved Land of the Lost, and even when they rebooted the series, like towards the '90s, they did a reboot of the TV series. Like, loved it both times. And I watched that movie. I'm like, ugh, there goes everything. There's there's another movie. I I can't think of what it was now. Where they made it so campy. I'm like, why did you take it that direction? Like, like you could have taken it, updated it you know, made it more modern, more serious, more fun, still has some humor to it. But I it just, oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I, no, I hear you. It, but, but at the same time, this is Rob Zombie. I mean, this is a guy who appreciates horror movies on a completely different level than the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's what's it going to be? You know. I, yeah, yeah. I love my splatter fests, and I, I am like a lot of horror film fans. I read it all the time. Rob Zombie, like, he can't make a good movie. I disagree. He's made a lot of good movies. He's made a couple duds, but he's made a lot of really cool stuff. I don't want a monster's bloodbath. Me neither. I dude. want do it. Do it like they updated the Adams family. Something like that. And I would definitely be I would be down. Now, yeah. have you seen the Adams Family cartoon? No, that's no, streaming on Amazon, and it's one hundred percent worth your time. It's really, really good. Um, okay, to the point where my my kids love it so much. They're like, "Dad, when's the second one coming out?" Ah. You know, like like my. And the crazy part is my daughter doesn't like anything that's remotely scary. And it is definitely creepy, right? And I think, honestly, that they embrace the creepy side of the Adams Family better than either of the, like, the live-action movies before it, right? And right. um at, like, check my, that out. My, my daughter loves it. She watches it all the time. And it blows my mind because it does not strike me as something she would typically enjoy. And she thinks it's amazing. Right on, right on. You're teaching your kids well. Doing my best. I like that. You know? Doing your best. Okay, Aaron, um, we haven't lost you, have we? Like, sorry, we kind of, we kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you're good. Hopefully, hope, hopefully you're, you're retaining something that we're saying. Um here, we'll get your attention back as we're going to get into some entombed related type of music. Uh, let's drop something a little a little bit different. Let's go pre-entombed, pre-left hand path. Let's go back since we're talking about cassettes, since we're talking about the nihilist days, let's go back to those days this is the band that pretty much started it all this is a nihilist pre-entombed with supposed to rot
if you take in trails, okay, and right now that cool Swedish death metal bands is definitely cutting their own path, signing on to Metal Blade for their la- their last couple records, the Rise of the Reaper records, absolutely fantastic. But when you go back a couple years ago now, and I think it was their second record, The Tomb Awaits. You take the that entrails record and you put it side by side with tombs in tombs left hand path the artwork the logo the sound and trails was definitely doing a lot of entombed worship there but you know what we kind of uh we kind of forgave them for it because we saw a lot of potential in that band that was in in trails from the aforementioned the tomb awaits with to live is to rot now tell me that's not an entombed song as well that's a killer title (laughs) it definitely it definitely is well thank you guys so much for that that enlightening chat and very entertaining i have got a big big smile across my face that it's getting sore it's getting sore from smiling and laughing over that so that um, kind of gives us uh maybe it's time to get into our indie spotlight we're always on the lookout for fresh new talent Check out this Indie Spotlight. And once again, Mr. Price, we are going to put you to work again for all of our beautiful listeners uh, tonight. Because I was kind of like, you know what? Who are we going to get for the Indie Spotlight? And if you're not familiar exactly what the Indie Spotlight is, it's basically, yeah, well, the name kind of says says it all. We pick an unsigned independent band from anywhere throughout the world and give them some of our time. And I said, okay, Mr. Price, how about you? What? band would you like to share with the world and i gave it a spin today and i'm liking what you're coming up with what you got well i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a little bit of a cheat i'm actually gonna give you two real quick okay uh the first one and this is solely because i picked it up off of Bandcamp friday last week rock on um it's a it's a band out of nottingham uh, they're called Woven Crown, and their new uh, their new EP is called A Shadow of What Once Was. It's an atmospheric black metal band who they're raw, but they're not raw in the wrong way. So if you're into black metal, it's absolutely the band you should pick up. Um, but the band you're referring to would be, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Cerberus or Cerberus, I don't know, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> it's a bear with three heads. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys kick absolute ass. So 
they're out of Kitchener, Ontario, in uh, mm-hmm. in Canada. A little bit, a little bit south of Toronto. Um, a little bit unknown. They've played a few local shows, but that's about it. They actually played my going away show. Um, they were happy enough to jump on the day of the show and play a farewell when I was leaving Canada. Oh, uh, but they have, that nice have a new them? album coming out. Uh-huh. on april 10th it's their self-titled album mm-hmm. and they actually just dropped a new song called flesh coat now if you want something that is fun high energy full of death thrash full of hardcore tones full of you pick it they've got it kind of extremity this is this is the band you're looking for Right on, right on. Okay, then we will go with Severus, Severus, however you want to pronounce it. And what's the track? You wanted to go with Flesh Coat? We'll go with Flesh Coat. They just released it the other day, and it is a insane track. Right on, right on. This is Severus in our Indie Spotlight.
Severus.bandcamp.com is probably the best place to find that. C-E-R, bear, as in er, us, <laughs> Severus.bandcamp.com. <laughs> Check them out on Facebook as well. Great stuff, great stuff. When you, Mr. Price, when you mentioned this band, and like one of the first things that popped into my head was of course okay it's a playoff of cerberus the the three-headed hound of hell that's guarding you know the gates to hades and all that it's like oh god this is a great idea and then i saw like that that album's artwork and the three-headed bear and all it's like oh this works so well this is absolutely fantastic and being being the nerdy guy that I am, like these are that that's Cerberus is that mythological creature, I believe from Greek mythology. Hades is Greek, yeah, I yeah, believe. Greek. Yeah, so so yeah, it's like when I saw that, and it's like ah, I mean, right on, right on. Are you sure you don't mean Canadian mythology? Well, yeah, <laughs> it does. You know, because once everything like what it starts in Canada, and then it kind of. As it goes further away from Canada, except for Mr. Price here, as it goes further away from Canada, it starts to get watered down a bit, yeah. you know, before you know it. You got stuff in the Carolinas and that subpar. Like the original there. story of Hercules, you know, had him wearing flannel and you know, eating maple <laughs> syrup and chopping down trees, I'm pretty sure. That's right. You it know. definitely was. You're right. See, you're up on your Canadian history. <laughs> the, the ancient Canadians. You know, that's where we get all our mythology from. All the strengths came from drinking Timmy's. There we go. Yeah. Don't, don't <sighs> remind me about how much money I give to Timmy's every month because Mrs. Snowy has just got this wicked Timmy's coffee addiction. It's like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. One another thing, like with Severus Cerberus, okay, was they kind of reminded me, and I and I recently went back and revisited this movie on the Tubi channel. But in the in wake of the success of Jaws in the mid seventies, there was eight hundred million deadly animal movies. Okay, and there was this really when I was a kid, it really wasn't that bad. But I revisited Grizzly. I don't remember that one. Okay. Oh, God. It is so... I just saw it just a little while ago. It is so bad. It's just... Even by low-budget horror standards, it is just brutal. Mr. Zombie, you got you want to remake something? Please, take Grizzly. I'll bet you, I'll bet you Rob Zombie would... Uh, <laughs> it would definitely... Uh, give that the proper treatment but before we get into any of that once again check out cerberus cerberus however you want to pronounce it it is great stuff and thank you mr price for introducing that band to me it's probably one i probably should have known but you know i'm always looking for more great material thus the indie spotlight always happy to help out Right on. <laughs> right on. Well, I hope we haven't scared you away. I hope, uh, you know, it's like uh, you weren't like, oh, okay, is today the day I got to deal with those two guys? 
All right. <laughs> All right. I'll go on. I'll go on. And I'll humor those old bastards. But uh, we want to thank you. It was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, we have to have you on again, I'm sure. Between all of your experiences and your journalism and just show going in general and just being a part of the metal world, I'm sure you've got 800 million stories that AAA and I would just love to sit down and crack your brain open Rob Zombie style and get all of those great stories out. Um, AAA, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, there is facebook.com slash radmetal. Always a good place to keep, keep up with us. If you are interested in keeping up with the trips to the record store or sometimes my trip to the liquor store, um, that's where Snowy and I will b- both post what our record scores are or like what my beer scores are as I shop for beer for the show. Um, you can go to at RadMetal666. Um, I am thinking about making a comeback on Twitter for the show. So at RadMetal666 there as well. I don't know. I think I might like take April and commit to posting something you know, every day for 30 days. We'll see how that works. I'm, Sounds I'm, good. Yes. I'm not guaranteeing like, you know, like, like life changing content. It just might be like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Or the cassette is now this old or whatever, who knows, you know, or I just might like do like an HM2 dedication, but we'll do it fun. And like, I'll put them in different outfits. Like I'll dress it up. <laughs> like I'll like make, make like put them in a little leather jackets, like Ramones HM2. And then there like, we I'll are. Find, That's like, what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, then I'll like find like platform shoes and make it like a disco HM2. You know, we'll go, we'll go through all the different styles. But so, those are our social medias and things like that. Um, you can drop us a direct email, radmetal six 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 at gmail dot com. Um, let's see here. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, um, the Google Play Store, like. Pretty much any place you can find a podcast, you're going to find us. We sometimes we end up places we don't even know how we got there, right? It's like, what the hell? I just wake, I just wake up one morning, and it's we're like, just, how the hell did I get here? Yeah, you know? we're like, just everywhere, right? Man, you remember those days? You ever, you ever wake up and have that feeling? Like, Holy shit! How did I get here? Because um, boy, I've had those. I know, right? <laughs> but um, I digress. So. One place we know how we got there is Spotify. You can find this show on Spotify thanks to our affiliation with the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com, host to a blast of gaggle, blast, a murder. Oh, a murder of podcasts. Because it's like a murder of crows. We'll say it's a murder of podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Some great wrestling podcasts as well as our show. There's another Canadian uh, wrestling podcast where the host sounds a lot like Snowy. It's crazy. Mm, You can check that one out, Wrestling Night in Canada. And let's see here. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm missing. But yeah, thanks to those guys. We're on Spotify. So thank you, uh, Shiny Wizards guys. And last but not least, here's first. Every Thursday night, purerockradio.net. Rich has been putting up with us for a very long time. You can check out the show there Thursday nights. And um, thank you in advance, hopefully, um, when you're looking at this episode on iTunes or your other podcast places, there's going to be some special artwork. So thank you in advance to Rock. Hopefully, um, you know, this is past Aaron thanking future Rock. 
um, for creating some art. I took some pictures of my HM2 pedal, sent them to him last night. I said, hey, got any ideas for doing something fun for this? We're going to talk about Entombed. He's like, let me see what I can do. You know, so we'll see what goes on there. And then last but not least, let's let's say that all this talk you've heard on this episode has made you nostalgia. It's nostalgic. Between talking about cassettes, talking about the Munsters, the Adams Family, black and white TV shows. I feel like 8-Track, I can't remember if 8-Track was mentioned on air or off air, but it was definitely talked about tonight. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, you know what I miss? Letter writing. So oh. here's what you do. You contact us through one of those ways that we talked about. So you can send us um, a DM through our social medias, or you can send us an email to our Gmail account, and you say, hey, here's my address. What's Snowy's address? I'd like to write him, and we'll set you guys up so you can be pen pals just like the old days. If you're here in the States, you've got to find a carrier pigeon that's going to get it to the moose at the border that'll carry it up to Winnipeg, and dropping off in Snowy's, uh, it, it typically meets him at the corner of the Timmy's, and that's yeah. where he where he meets up for the moose mail that he gets from the United <laughs> States. You know, that's that's how that's how we do it. That's, that's our high tech courier system here. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's right. To get us on out of here, I was thinking. Okay, I'm having a hard not not a hard time because there's 800 million songs to to pick from, but it's like, what song am I gonna you know, choose to go out on. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to kind of put it out there to some to friends and listeners and all that. And I put it out on the Facebook under my slave name. And I had a bunch of, and I said, okay, basically, I'm looking for a song to go out on. I'm taking requests. What do you guys got? And I just got pounded with a whole whack of really good suggestions. And I'm going to go... With a new song from Revel in Flesh. They have a brand new split 7-inch with Graceless available now on War Anthem Records. I want to say hello and horns up to my buddy Rye here in the uh, Winnipeg metal scene for his wicked selection. Once again, uh, Mr. Price, thank you uh, so much for um joining us tonight and like i said you have an open invitation to do it again in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a fistful episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white this is aaron and you are the other aaron. uh I, i'm also aaron <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you signing off
Die Alter auf der Wahl 